Hello, and welcome to an extremely belated episode of We Only Look <laughs> Thin. I am Katherine Weigel. I am one of your hosts. I am a tiny habit coach. I've lost about 140 pounds. I live in California. I'm a pretty cool gal. Yeah. And with me today is... Donald Weigel, and I am none of those things. <laughs> but I have lost about 100 pounds, and uh, I guess I am one of your hosts. Yeah. And I'm here to talk about it, and I do live in California. Uh, I am not a pretty cool gal. Though. Oh, but you're a pretty cool guy. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, welcome. And as Catherine mentioned, this is a much belated uh, episode. Yeah. At the end of all of our episodes, we're all like, hey, send us an email, <laughs> yeah. you guys. It'll be, we'll totally do an episode about it. And uh, we are going to respond to a listener email from the very merry month of May of 2021. <laughs> maybe her problem has already been solved. Yeah. Uh, maybe we delayed it so that she would come up with her own solutions? That's, yes, that's what we did. No, it's, uh, you know, we we do our very best. And uh, so we are going to respond to a listener question. Hopefully it will resonate with other people too. I don't know if she's already solved the problem, but, uh, but here we are and we're going to answer it. Well, I, and I think ultimately anybody who has a significant other can relate to this on one level or another. Yeah. Or if you are a significant other, <laughs> anybody who knows somebody, if will you get are something. a significant other, then you have a significant other, I think. No, but whatever side of the aisle you're on is what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know if I can do that spouse math, but yes, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that works. Like if A equals B, then B, B equals A. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but yeah, we are going to finally answer a question from listener Teresa. Hello, Teresa, um, and uh, welcome to We Only Look Thin. Uh, so Teresa wrote us a very difficult question um, uh, last May, and it is one of those sorts of questions that is may not have a 100% ironclad answer, but we both felt like it was important to talk about it and talk about the circumstances surrounding it and, and try our best to come up with some suggestions for it. Uh, so here we go. Uh, Teresa writes in and uh, talks about how she found us on a group for MyFitnessPal. Uh, hello, group hello. for MyFitnessPal. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And um, Teresa uh, gained 20 pounds uh, in the early parts of the pandemic and then managed to take it off. Must be nice. Must be nice indeed. Um, but here's her question, her actual question. My husband is overweight. He wants to lose 150 pounds magically without changing his food choices or his purposeful movement. I have definitely yeah. been there. Uh, and he's not motivated to lose weight. He is constantly asking to eat out at least three times a week and not at places where I can get a decent low-calorie meal. Places like Beef O'Brady's, Cracker Barrel, Pizza, or BurgerFi. When my 11-year-old daughter and I Who, go out... Who's maybe like 13, 20 now. We don't know how old oh, she yeah, is now. No. It's been a while. I think she just graduated college, something like that. When my 11-year-old daughter and I go out for an after-dinner walk, he gets annoyed that we are going for a walk instead of sitting on the couch. He doesn't want to walk. He doesn't like to walk. I know he needs to start when he's ready. Side note, he already has diabetes, takes shots, and high blood pressure. Meanwhile, I'm finding it hard to stay on my path when he's on a different dot, dot, dot cruise. I'd love to hear your advice. 
So this is a really big issue. Yeah. And I think, you know, like Donald said, I don't know that we have one answer, but we sure do have a lot of experience with being uh, people who had the opportunity to lose 150 pounds. Yeah, usually people write it and they're like, I don't like to go outside when it's cold. And we're like, rebounder. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, like it's and like, the episode writes itself. Exactly. Um, but this is a, you know, a deep issue which has to do with boundaries and relationships and and marriage and um there there isn't a simple solution to this but i think that we can go about it from a place of you know where Catherine and i are and were and you know our past experience yeah so i think to start uh, and it's it's hard to know we have 12 ways we'd like to start with this but i think the first is just from our experience I remember being young and overweight and having family members say, hey, I'll pay for you to do Weight Watchers. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, hey, I'll pay for your gym membership. Right. And feeling nothing but shame and embarrassment and judgment. Like every time I was going to see the person, they would judge what I was eating and it felt really uncomfortable. Yeah. And even into adulthood, I had family members who I – think saw me as a project and not a person. Every time I would talk to them, they would say, hey, you should have a smoothie or you should do it this way or I go to the gym two hours a day. And I just felt, it took me a while to figure it out, but I felt like I was just a project to them. And I still see people, you know, they say, don't start a relationship if you're like, ooh, well, when we're together, I'm going to get them to change the kind of shoes they wear and their haircut and their style. And going in wanting to change someone is a really dangerous way to go about having a relationship. And Teresa, we're not saying that you're doing this, but when we see someone else as something to solve or fix, it can really hurt the dynamic of the relationship. And Donald and I uh, were codependent for so many years that we just sort of like when Donald was trying to be fit, I would just feel kind of jealous and yeah. must be nice. And I would try to sabotage him. It well, and, really- and I and I did the same thing to Catherine. You know, I didn't, you know, there were definitely time periods where I didn't want to worry about counting any calories or worrying about what I was eating. And I just wanted to have takeout all the time and sit on the couch and, and while, you know, binge TV. And so, you know, Catherine would be on a plan or it would be with the reverse. And I would, you know, quote unquote, want to get my act together and feel motivated. Um, And, you know, Catherine would say like, Hey, how about we get takeout? And I could it was almost virtually impossible for me to refuse yeah. when that when that came up because like I didn't want to be the bad guy. Yeah, and so we spent so many years. I mean, we've been married how many years? Twenty, almost twenty four. Almost twenty four <laughs> years. I don't know. I just lost count. After Catherine 20. doesn't remember how old she is or how long we've been married. <laughs> it's fine. It's been a long time. But you know the the thing that we used to do was just enable one another's bad behaviors. Or again, we just did an episode on identity. We identified as people who like to sit on the couch and like to go out and who like to, you know, indulge. And I also saw myself as someone who couldn't do things independently of Donald. We had to like the same things. We had to like the same movies and we had to move in unison. Well, and I think there's even sort of a societal pressure around having the same dinner all the time. Yeah. And like, you know, 
cooking for one another. Yeah. And and you know, well, you know, spoiler alert, we we eat completely separate meals yeah. now and sort of just take care of our own food. But but I think that, you know, getting over that idea that in a marriage you're supposed to, you know, do everything together and eat the same stuff and and be on the same page all the time was, you know, was something that was really hard to kind of get past. Yeah. And I think the first thing, and again, you know, we're, we're hoping to appeal to many listeners in the audience, is finally understanding that it was not okay for me to try to pull Donald down. Oh, it yeah. It was not okay for me to be annoyed that he wanted to work out and I wanted to sit on the couch. That is not a healthy relationship. But it's something that we cultivated over the course of 20 years of being together of just like, well, this isn't going to last. Well, you know, I can convince him to go back to old habits because we didn't identify as healthy, active people. We just identified as people who are maybe trying to lose weight or it's not fair or boy, it must be nice that he has the motivation and I don't. And it wasn't okay for us to treat each other like that, but we just didn't know any better. Yeah, and, you know, it was sort of a weird, uh, you know, series of events that led to us finally getting on the same page. And, you know, for years... I've, I've mentioned uh, many times on this podcast, you know, I lost over 50 pounds a couple of times and didn't keep it off. But there were definitely times when I was, you know, on a, you know, quote unquote, health and fitness kick. <laughs> and yeah. and Catherine was not and vice versa. Um, but, you know, we finally got to a point where we were on the same page, but it was possibly a really unusual series of events. Yeah. So, on this last time journey, and we've talked about it before, I spent 20 years zigzagging, you know, going on diets, going off diets. And at age 41, if we go back and listen to the, you know, first episodes of We Only Look Thin, I talk about how in January of 2016, I was going to the office and I was wearing a pair of pants that I thought were going to rip at the seams. Yeah. So I wore this long sweater to cover myself in case my pants ripped at work because I literally had nothing else to wear. And I remember sitting in my car and thinking, I need to change my life. Like yeah. I am killing myself. And I remember making a conscious decision to say, I don't care what Donald does. I am separating myself from all of his actions. I need to do this for me. And no amount of other people wanting me to try something, buying me plans, trying to get me on a kick, none of that was going to get me to change my life until I was ready to do it. And I had to separate my actions from Donald's. And I remember telling him like, hey, I feel really terrible and I am going to start tracking calories again and wearing my Fitbit. And Donald wanted nothing to do with oh, it. Oh, yeah. No, that sounded awful. <laughs> yeah, but you actually said something like, this is the way I am and I'm just going to enjoy myself and forget it. Like, yeah, yeah. I had I had gotten to a point where I had just decided I, I didn't care anymore and I wasn't going to do anything. And I was just going to, you know... The just go up the scale and up and up and whatever happened, happened. Yeah. And so, you know, we understand that friction that comes from having different priorities and different desires. So we totally empathize with it. But it might be an opportunity to own your own choices and sit with the discomfort of not having the same priorities. I mean, Donald loves going to Comic-Con and loves, you know, the the comic book scene. Indeed. And I don't. And for a few years, I tried going to Comic-Con with him, and I just wasn't into it. 
And then I just decided I'm not going to Comic-Con. Like, he's going to do his thing and I'm going to do my thing. He enjoys it and hooray for him. Yeah. And it's healthy for me to do what I want to do. And it might be an opportunity to go, you know what? I can empower myself to just do what I want to do. And just because we don't eat the same food or we don't take the same walks or we don't have the same interests doesn't mean that we still can't connect. And then, you know, I got a diabetes diagnosis and I know she says her husband already has it. For me, you know, my doctor looked me in the eye and I apologize for anyone who's heard the story a hundred times on this show, but my doctor looked me in the eye and said, you are going to go blind or lose a limb, uh, you know, as part of complications from diabetes. And for me, those two possibilities were so horrifying that they were incredibly sobering. And it wasn't exactly an epiphany, but it certainly was, you know, almost that kind of lightning bolt that you hear about that, that, you know, forced my hand to go down the right path. And thankfully, Catherine was already, you know, filling her head with voices from other people and learning things from other podcasts and other books and and really um, getting uh, advice and then was able to give that advice to me. Yeah, in a third person, though, like advice from me about doing something was aggressive, but for me being able to say, you know what, Heather on Half Size Me says dot, 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 it was much, it was much softer to give an example of something, someone else's advice than to give my own advice. And it really, for me, it, it really softened the blow. It was not like my spouse telling me what to do. It was more like I was hearing it from somebody else and I was taking that other person's advice. Yeah. Because I think that, you know, as human beings, and, and I don't know why this is, but um, Catherine has brought up before, you know, Gretchen Rubin talks about how spouses make bad uh, accountability buddies. Yeah. And, you know, I think hearing it from a spouse, it feels sort of luxury sometimes yeah. for some reason. And I, I would really take it personally rather than taking it as the well-intentioned advice that it was. Yeah. And, you know, and that whole thing and, and Gretchen Rubin's thing is policing your spouse is not a good relationship. Yeah. Are you going to eat that? I thought you were on a diet. Like that judgment is can be really critical. And so I think stepping back, the the first thing we'll tell you, you've already forgotten the first thing we told you so we can do it again, <laughs> is really starting by asking the question, how can I support you? If your husband says, I want to lose weight, I want to lose 150 pounds, it might be an empty, like I should lose 150 pounds, but without the actual intention of doing it. Right. So the question you might want to start with is how can I support you? Do you need an advisor? Do you need to just get things off your chest? Do you just need to, you know, share? Do you want a cheerleader? Really starting there because I go in as the fixer. Oh, you have a problem? Here's 50 things you can do. Right. What do you, what kind of support do you actually need right now? Because sometimes it might just be, I need to figure this out for myself and I don't want any judgment because every time I got, are you going to eat that? It made me want to stop everything. It made me want to, you know, just pull away and be and feel shame about it, which led to secret eating, which is a whole other thing. And going back to what you were saying earlier, you know, 
when you're in a position where you feel like you're just a project to yeah. somebody else, it doesn't feel good to like be be looked at or to even even if the person doesn't mean it, even if they don't really feel like it. If you feel like you're a project rather than a person, it really makes me it would make me feel like they didn't actually care. Like I worked out with a personal trainer and it felt like, you know, I did it for a while and I was successful at Ugh. losing weight and getting into shape, but I didn't feel like I was a person. I felt like I was, you know, sort of a machine Yeah. Um, that was just, you know, that I, I was a robot being programmed to act and eat in a certain way rather than actually being cared about. So I, I think that the, you know, if your husband says, I need help, then asking how you best can help rather than just dumping a lot of advice on that person is the way to get started. Yeah. And we're not saying that you're dumping advice, but I think that that like for me, even now when people come to Wold or, you know, send us an email and say like, how do I get started? I just want to fix everything and come up with the things that worked for me. But each person responds differently to, you know, to advice and suggestions and cheerleading. But I think part of the journey that we have taken, sorry, journey venture, you can edit that out and post. <laughs> Um, you can say journey if you want. I adventure. prefer adventure. Yeah. But something that has really helped is understanding Donald and better understanding myself through things like the five love languages. How do I feel loved and appreciated? Uh, you can take the love languages test and understand what your how your husband feels valued. Is he looking for quality time, which might be sitting on the couch for him? Does he like words of affirmation? Wow, I really love you. You're amazing just as you are. Yeah. Like really understanding what the other person needs and understanding how you feel loved matters. Donald also mentioned, uh, as we were taking notes, the four tendencies quiz by Gretchen Rubin. Understanding that Donald is a questioner. He likes data. The data is your leg is going to fall off. Yeah. I, I, captain. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also as a questioner, you know, taking an online quiz is is a really good thing too. You know, not that you necessarily have to get your spouse to take online quizzes, but if they're willing to do it, then great. You can really gain some insight into, you know, their the love language or to, you know, the way that they like accountability. But you can also, and you have to be careful with this, you can also kind of take the quiz on their behalf and sort of make, you know, make yourself understand a little better what they might respond to. Yeah, because the better I've understood myself and Donald and what his motivations are, Donald likes a lot of data and asks a lot of questions. And I used to feel like he didn't trust me. You know, he's like, why am I, why is he asking all these questions? Just right, do it. Right. But <laughs> for him getting, you know, gaining clarity mattered to him. Whereas for me, it's just, okay, just get it out, get it done, whatever. But it's not a personality flaw. It's the way he processes. And I, it was really important to understand that. And again, going back to the love languages, if that quality time matters, your husband for sitting on the couch, that might be where he is right now. He feels like that quality time of watching TV or relaxing is a way to connect. And when you and your daughter go out for a walk, he might feel excluded. And it, more importantly, it might seem like too too big of a task for him. You know, that whole, and, and this was another point we were going to bring up, meeting him where he is. How long of a walk are you going for? Is it a half hour walk? Is yeah. it maybe beyond his physical 
limitations right now. And he doesn't want to go on a walk because he feels like he's going to, his feet are going to hurt, his hips hurt. He, you know, he's going to be out of breath. Is the walk too long? Maybe a five minute walk, maybe a little like to the end of the cul-de-sac and back or to the red mailbox and back. Maybe that is a more accessible walk for him than whatever amount you're doing right now. Yeah. Maybe part of the reason he hates to walk uh, could be that he feels shame because he can't keep up with you and your daughter or because he gets out of breath or because because he feels all of this pain. So, you know, I'm repeating what Catherine said, but it, it is really important to beat him where he is. I think that a lot of times we have a tendency, and I'll see it when I'm watching, you know, I don't know, reality TV shows or something. There, there's somebody who just can't keep up with everyone else, and everyone looks upon that person like they're they're flawed, like there's something yeah. wrong with them. But you know, there's always going to be somebody who is athletically more advanced than you are, and realizing that you need to meet that person where they are. And maybe in the end, walking isn't the answer. Maybe you try and come up with another activity that you know he will actually like and engage in. Maybe, you know, you play foil ball in the living room yeah, or which something. Is, which is, okay, so I made uh, something in a foil packet for our daughter. It wasn't, you know, gooey or anything like that, but she took all the tin foil and made it into a ball. And then I, and she doesn't like walking, by the way. She is, she is sedentary. Yeah. But suddenly it was like, hey, let's throw the ball to me and keep it from Papa or whatever. And then we started playing probably for 20 minutes. Like we tried to dunk the foil ball in, you know, a pot and then in a candle and then in a whatever, not a lit candle. But <laughs> for 20 minutes, we were sitting, but we were actively participating in a yeah. seated activity and we kind of tricked our daughter. Yeah, we were into... getting like secret activity. And, you know, it could be maybe, maybe your husband, you know, it has enjoyed ping pong in the past or, or, you know, foosball or something like, um, uh, like even, you know, a sport like basketball or something or frisbee in the park or something, or just tossing a ball around in the park. Like maybe there's something that he would want to do with the three of you that wouldn't be overtly like, Hey, we need to go get some exercise right now. But it's, you know, suggest like, Hey, for together time, maybe we could do this thing, you know, that, you know, he enjoys. Yeah. Or, and the, the other part of this is the idea of compromise instead of my way or the highway. If you like to go on a walk every night, maybe do every other night. Like, hey, sweetie, I get that walking isn't big for you, but I know that quality time on the couch is big. How about, you know, every other day our daughter and I go on a walk and then the other days we'll do something together. We'll play Uno. Like, we'll sit on the couch and, you know, play tiddlywinks or whatever it is. Like, yeah. Being able to compromise on what your goals are and then maybe switching up and doing like on the weekend with your daughter, maybe doing a longer walk independently or doing that thing of like, hey, we're going to walk to Rite Aid. Do you want to come with us and do something super small? Start actively parking farther away to get in more steps at the grocery store or something like that. It doesn't have to be this big sweeping like, well, this is what we're going to do and you're in the cold. Be able to compromise and meet him where he is so that he feels included and not just like, well, my family's living a life without me. And likewise, you can do a similar thing with the eating out. Yeah. Um, you know, suggest that maybe he picks the restaurant the first time, you know, start start simple, like, you know, don't try and cut out the eating out altogether maybe, but start out with like, well, maybe he picks the restaurant the, the first time and then you pick it the next time. And then you pick something that is, you know, super calorie friendly for you that allows you. So you both kind of win in that situation and then you can go back and forth. And then maybe over time you, you gently like suggest you eat out fewer times a week and, and still alternate. 
Um, so that it's not a big sweeping, like, we're not going to eat out anymore yeah. change. Well, and two, you know, being able to go to a restaurant that might not fit your calorie goals can be something like if you're going to the burger place, get the burger patty without the bun or without the cheese and with a side salad and adjust your expectation of the dinner right. to meet your caloric needs. Because you know, we go out for pizza, but we go to Pizza Rev or Blaze Pizza where you can order your own personal pan pizza. And so I budget for 700 calories for my own pizza. And it makes it a lot easier than, I mean, like Donald and I used to each get a large pizza right. and finish it and yeah. then wash it down and, with ben and, and an appetizer, you know, the breadsticks and a giant soda, like the whole thing. Yeah. You know, and, and we've managed to, you know, fit pizza into our life without it being, you know, going over our calorie deficit. Yeah. So switching up where you get the pizza from can be a thing. And also that compromise of, Hey, we're going to make pizza at home. Like I yeah. found a cool recipe or we're going to make our own using tortilla or, uh, yeah, tortillas. That's what they're called. Yes. Tortillas. Yes, tortillas. <laughs> tortillas. Um, but, you know, being able to switch it up so you're still modifying but still getting what you want matters. And also, like, what is the purpose of going out to eat? Is that he just wants the indulgent food? Do you want to not cook at home because the kitchen gets too hot? Do you not want to do dishes? There can be lots of reasons for wanting to go out. And you can still kind of hit your goals. Now, Cracker Barrel, we had a bad experience at Cracker Barrel recently, so I'm, uh -oh, I apologize. They're no longer a sponsor of this show oh, now. <laughs> no. uh, but it turns out Cracker Barrel doesn't really have any vegetarian options. And yeah, I made Donald little, go there. A little Oops. rough for me, but that's okay. Um, uh, we we learned a valuable lesson and it made us closer together. It in the sure end. did. Um, and then another thing, um, I didn't read this part, but earlier in the email, Teresa mentioned that she had listened to Atomic Habits, listened to the audiobook twice. And, you know, we had talked about earlier in this episode about getting other voices into your head. And I I think that one thing you could do, and I don't, you know, I don't know if a just a suggestion would work or, you know, how you make this work without if your husband is a rebel, for example, and you tell him, well, why don't you listen to this audiobook, he might just then, you know, never listen to it. But if he's already listening to audio, uh, you know, podcasts and things, you you suggest he listens to a book like uh, Atomic Habits or Tiny Habits, or even you know early episodes of you know to plug ourselves, uh, yeah. early episodes of our show, or um, you know maybe the Getting Started episodes um, where I talk about my diabetes, um, which is in a lot of episodes, but I really go in depth very early. Or maybe one of our getting starting ep started episodes, which are like 68, 69, 70, um, and, um, you know, things like that. Or even just do the thing that Catherine did where you say like, hey, I was listening to this audio book and, you know, the author said blank. Or I was listening to this episode of We Only Look Thin. And, you know, the husband had diabetes and he lost 100 pounds and he ate about 2,000 calories a week. Like, Maybe, you know, you could try something like that. Yeah. And I think, too, what I actually try to do instead of the suggesting listening, an alternative might be to listen to it while you're doing dishes yeah, or while you're cooking. There you go. And just if your husband's in the other room, just kind of hearing things and is a good way to not directly 
suggest something, but just kind of build it in. There are times when our daughter will say something like, doesn't Gretchen Rubin tell you to do whatever? (laughs) She just hears it because I'm listening to it and I'm not making her listen listen to it. So it kind of just seeps into the, you know, the psyche because it's something that I'm doing. Well, and sometimes, you know, Catherine and I will talk to each other. I know a daughter is not the same as a spouse, but I know, you know, Catherine and I will talk to each other about things and then our daughter will chime in with her opinion about things. Yeah. And so, so, you know, maybe you're having a conversation with your daughter where you're creating an environment for her where, you know, she's learning good habits at a young age, or maybe it's just, you know, a conversation with your friend that you're doing, you know, or a family member that you're doing within earshot of your husband, and maybe he takes it in, maybe, it, you know, then he gets involved in the conversation. Um, you know, stranger things have happened. Um, so that's another way to, to try and, you know, get the uh, information in there. Well, and I think too with our daughter and we're very fortunate that she is a moderator and stops eating when she's full. But something that I try to do is compliment her on like, wow, I'm really glad that you stopped eating when you were full. Like I'm working on that myself because she sort of has an innate ability to moderate where I don't. So complimenting her on the things that she's doing right is a good way to again, build that foundation of healthy habits or, you know, and even with the, with the evening walks, it feels really good to move my body after dinner, you know, being able to sort of identify why it's important. It's not, you're not personally attacking your husband. It's like, Hey, this helps with digestion. And we love like seeing the neighborhood and watching the sunset and looking at the flowers blooming and that kind of thing, like changing the dynamic of, of what things are about. But, you know, it's a, it's a really difficult, I'm sort of going back to the beginning. It's really difficult to not want to help the people around you be the version of themselves that you know that they can be. But in the end, it's not our job to fix anyone. It's not our job to, you know, police what other people are doing. But in the end, we're not working on losing 50 pounds. We're working on creating a lifestyle together. I'm very grateful that Donald's, you know, like, I don't know what would have happened if Donald just kept not doing, you know, healthy habits. So, you know, I only had to manage that for three months. But I think something that we're focusing on is creating a lifestyle for ourselves and thinking about our actual future. You only had to manage it for three months, except for the like 20 years, (laughs) 20 plus years before that, where I was, uh, I was sabotaging you all the time. But along the lines of what Catherine was just saying, you know, you don't have to frame it around losing weight or around health or fitness, but daydreaming together could be a really good way to uh, to spark an interest in that. You know, talk about the travel plans that you might have for the future or just, you know, seeing your daughter graduate, seeing your daughter have grandkids, you know, if that's something that you want to do, being able to run around and and be there for your grandkids, um, you know, daydream along those lines. It That could be a good way to spark an idea like, you know what, if I want to be there and I want to be able to do that, I might need to get into better shape. Well, and two, you know, the idea of going to Disney World or Disneyland or something. Yeah. We watch uh, a Disney food blog, which isn't actually about food so much as just sort of tips for Disney World, yeah. which we love. But one of the tips that she often gives is you're going to walk 20,000 steps a day at Disney World. Don't wait 
until you get to Disney World to right. walk 20,000 steps. Get good shoes in advance. Start going on walks so that you get used to those higher step counts. Having some goal like that of, wow, we really want to go on vacation. It's going to be a lot of walking. Hey, maybe we can start doing you know a five-minute walk after dinner together so that it gets us ready for the big trip. Yeah, absolutely. And. Okay. And maybe your thing is, you know, it could be traveling and walking anywhere. It doesn't have to be Disney, although I don't know why you'd go somewhere else. Yeah, there's no reason. (laughs) But like when I started doing this, my first goal was just to walk our daughter to school. It was a quarter mile. And I remember telling Donald, you know, he's like, oh, well, I got to join a gym or I got to, you know, work out or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, well, why don't we just walk Bridget to school? And he said... I said, no way. That sounds terrible. It's what's that going to do? Yeah, what's that going to do? Sorry, I couldn't remember what I said. It's fine. But I was like, let's just start with that and I see knew what I happens. said something awful. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it's those small steps that, you know, like, what is it going to do? Well, who knows? But at least we're getting some fresh air. Really, the benefit of the walk, and here's here's another angle, the benefit of the walk is getting time with our daughter where we're not in front of a television yeah. and not distracted by devices to just kind of check in and talk and have a conversation. It actually was really meaningful to us to have that, you know, bit of time with our daughter that wasn't in a car. And that was building the relationship. There are so many people in our lives who don't have the same mobility that we have, whether it's my 97-year-old grandmother or a baby toddler. You know, I hang out with baby toddlers (laughs) who don't have the same mobility, who don't have the same food choices. You know, Donald is vegetarian and I am not vegetarian. We co-eat together. We eat at the same time, but not the same food. But not the same foods. And he does different activities than I do. But we share a common desire for health, which is you know, super important to us, but we try to meet other people where they are. We, you know, have friends again with different athletic abilities and we try to match our activities to their level instead of like, come on, keep up. Like, come on, grandma, who's 97, you know, lift those heels up or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And look, we open this by saying that there are some questions that don't have simple, easy answers. And ultimately, your husband may not ever get yeah. on board with this. And he, you know, he may just never uh, find himself in a spot where he is ready to do it and wants to learn how. But it is important for you to walk your own path in this. Even though you're married, even though you have the kid together, you need to keep and continue to set a good example because. Your health is important and you know it's important and taking care of yourself is one of the best things you can do for your husband and your kid. Yeah. And I think too, especially with kids is, you know, they're going to make their own path and it's important, I think too, for them to see that parents might not do the same thing yeah, and might have different priorities. And it gives her an opportunity to sort of decide what is right for her and finding balance there and knowing that, you know, she has choices about the kind of person that she wants to be when she grows up and she can, you know, find inspiration from you and leading by example, but also knowing that it's okay to have different priorities for people. Because like Donald said, you know, the, the getting on board thing, it's not our job to 
make other people comply to what we want to do. We can lead by example. And it's tough, but finding that support network for yourself, too. We did an episode called Party of One, yeah. I think, which was about sort of what if the people around you aren't supporting your health goals? What can you do? How can you expand your world to feel supported enough to manage your own goals, whether that's joining a weight loss support group, whether that's joining a running club or, you know, finding a group of like-minded people on the internet or whatever who can be there and be that support for you if your husband can't be that support for you. Donald and I have, you know, different interests and it's important for us to have our own worlds that we live in and then meet up in the middle where we can with shared interests. So um, hopefully this episode has helped. It is a really complicated issue. Yeah. Um, I want what is best for Donald. <laughs> I want what is best for myself. But that, you know, preaching has never worked. Projects have never worked. Shared visions have been ways that we can meet in the middle and support one another. So uh, we wish you the very best uh, as you navigate this and, and let us know if you're still a listener to We Only <laughs> let us know. And if any other listeners have had this issue or have uh, experiences that might shed some light, please do send us uh, an email and let us know how it goes. Yes, indeed. And I wish the best for you, dear, and thank well you. said. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone out there. We genuinely are grateful for you. Um, and you can listen to all our episodes wherever you found this one or at any time at weonlylookthin.com. Yep. And if you are at weonlylookthin.com, you can click on the link for join our support group where you can find out more about Walt Place, We Only Look Thin Place, the Facebook-based accountability group for women. It is not a weight loss plan, but it is a safe space to get support and accountability from other women on weight loss journeys. We have people doing Noom, Weight Watchers, counting calories, uh, intuitive eating, all of that in the group. There's no one right way to be, but we do offer support uh, when maybe you can't get as much support at home. So uh, check us out. We have two subscription op options, a monthly subscription with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Wolf Place is right for you. Yes, indeed. The one right way to be is who you are. Yep. Um, thank you for that. And also, uh, you can interact with us through social media uh, at We Only Look Thin on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or if you'd like to send us an email so that 10 months later we can do an episode <laughs> based on your question, you can reach out to us at We Only Look Thin at gmail.com. And uh, we will eventually get back to you. We will. And if you would like to share some love with us, if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review, it boosts our mood. It lets us know that what we're doing matters. And it also helps other people looking for inspirational podcasts to find us. It boosts our uh, visibility and uh, shows up in Apple. So please head over there. It sure does. And if you don't feel like doing any of those things, if you could tell someone about the show, we would be grateful. Word of mouth is one of the best ways for information about the show to get out for people to find us if you know somebody who might enjoy it uh, say the word so if you're still haunted by the simple question of how can i best support you just remember <laughs> that donald and i are an, an inspiration, inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. 
The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.